Okay, let's do it. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> I'm going to throw in one for myself this week. Um, I'm going to do the Christoph Waltz one that we were just doing. <laughs> Can you fucking believe it? I'm doing it. I was Nazi. I was Nazi. I win Oscar. It's all good, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, episode 21. Our podcast can now drink legally. Great. Uh, yeah. So, expect the podcast. It chooses to... not to, I think. Oh, I would hope so. What would the better, what would the Jesus podcast do? Um, <laughs> Jesus has a podcast. Bet you didn't know that. Well, he's got a show on uh, cable, on cable access. access. Yeah, for all you South Park fans out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is getting goofy right off the bat. Um, okay, so we got, uh, this week is maybe a little abbreviated. I know we say that practically every week. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got a short show for you, but it's going to be an hour and a half Ex- before you... We let you go. Exactly, exactly. But okay, so this week we're going to, I think we should lead off maybe with our more um, uh, well thought out and less uh, manic reaction to the Oscars. Okay. And I'm not going to be the taskmaster I was for that last (laughs) one. You go. You go. Okay, shut up now. You go. Okay, now (laughs) shut up. You have given your opinion. It has been duly noted. Moving on. <laughs> exactly. I felt You're like, like uh, the, the McNaughton group. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Fillability <laughs> <laughs> known. You go. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> so, uh, any, okay. uh, any uh, what, four days on impressions of the Oscars? Well, I still... I, I mean, one of, my, one of my opinions really still holds is that I thought it was a very boring show. Um, you know, I read it, and and uh, <laughs> one of the reviews I read said, you know, about an hour in, you have to be wondering if someone's back there going, Tempo! Yeah. Tempo! Yeah. Well, it was boring. I mean, well, and I... but it was, it, it had problems, and plus the stage, like, one, a couple of reviews I read noted that the stage was just ginormous, and it took anybody, like, an hour to walk across it, yeah. and then they had those huge things that would open up. People would have to stand there and wait for them to open up before they walked out. It right, was cumbersome. It was, yeah, and I think also that um, it, the pacing was very odd. Mm-hmm. Um, some things seemed very rushed that shouldn't have been, and then some, the best picture. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, but then also some things took forever that seemed like they shouldn't have. Yeah, you know, and um, so I don't know. I, I think it was just an off year for the Oscars, and plus the fact that they got two hosts. And then never put them on stage. Pretty much. Essentially, outside of that opening, you know, five or ten minute dialogue. Yeah, we established it was not a monologue. Yes. Um, they were, you know, they'd like appear every hour on the hour to tell a joke and then disappear. And yeah, it was weird because, I mean, it seems to me like the Oscars, uh, normally the host is pretty much out before every segment. Yeah, introducing every presenter. Yeah, yeah. But not on this one. So I don't know if they were trying to cut down on the time or what they were I doing. Guess. But they, I guess one thing, too, that I thought was weird that, you know, we talked about earlier was that uh, they forgot uh, some people. Yes. In the, who died well, this I guess year. Well, I read, I read today a further explanation that they had thought she was just famous from TV and therefore why should she be in their thing? But the the, yeah. the counter argument is why the hell was Michael Jackson in there? If, right. If that was your argument. Yeah, because what was he in Moonwalker and Captain EO? Well, the Wiz. 
Oh, well, right, duh. But, <laughs> I mean, come on, though. I mean, you have a screenwriter from the 20s in there that nobody ever heard of except for their family. And they go, and they're in there. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, you know. It's true. That, but so that was kind of weird. But I think overall I was, I mean, it was passable, but I was a little disappointed. Oh, you know what? I think we just totally uh, blew over of who we were talking about. They didn't put Farrah Fawcett. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We, in, uh, <laughs> we're just like her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they didn't put Farrah Fawcett and, uh, and B. Arthur in the uh, in memoriam. But B. Arthur is more famous from being in television, but she was in as many movies as Jackson. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And Okay, so now the show itself aside, I mean, I think that the show itself was fairly... Stupid, honestly. Yeah. It was a bad year for the Oscar show. Yeah. But, um, you know, when well, it came... It a, I mean, I guess ratings were up by, like, a quarter. But um, but for me, it was like, you knew who was going to win every major award, for all intents and purposes. It, it had all been pretty much decided. Yeah. You know, normally they keep a little... A little give uh, here and there, for especially in the supporting categories. But this year it was like... A, you know, Monique was supposed to win, she won. Christoph Waltz was supposed to win, she won. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think the big surprise that for everybody would have to have been director and, pi- and picture. Um, well, they were the favorites going in. But. Yeah. I just was, I, I, it's always funny with the Oscars though, because like you think that it, it's always this sort of give and take between, okay, are they going to give it to the movie that made this gigantic amount of money? Yeah. Or are they going to give it to the movie that is sort of this like real... Uh, you know, it's a movie, you know, and affecting, and it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. I think, well, uh, the Oscars always have a tendency to um, snub commercial success for um, more artistic success. I mean, you, you know, you go back to. Uh, There's some very notable exceptions to that, though. Well, sure, but but you know, when Gandhi beat E.T. and. And when Shakespeare in Love beat Savings Private Ryan, and which I didn't think it should have personally. Nobody I, thought. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan was actually a better movie. Much. <laughs> yeah. By a long but, shot. But you know, hey, you got to see uh, what's her name <laughs> topless in uh, Shakespeare in Love, so that was cool. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna bring it back to that, Phil. I mean, come on. <laughs> I have an encyclopedic knowledge of this stuff. Apparently. But like, okay, well, what about when Pulp Fiction lost to fucking Forrest Gump? Yeah. And so did Shawshank. Yeah. That was that year was loaded. <laughs> really, really though, I mean, Shawshank, Forrest Gump, um, uh, Pulp Fiction, mm. Quiz Show, which was a good movie. Yeah. And then what was the other one? I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I've forgotten one. Um, <laughs> you're lucky to have remembered the other those three. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, the one that I always sort of have to reach for on that year was uh, Quiz Show. Well, obviously, there's another one. (laughs) Reach for and get, (laughs) as opposed to reach for and just completely whiff on. (laughs) But um, anyway, so, you know, it was, you're right, it was predictable. And, you know, I think one thing they did right, though, this year Mm. was they kept the technical, more technical stuff very brief. Well, yeah. You know, like the... um, I really didn't like that they kicked the honorary Oscar off of the broadcast. You know, it would have been nice. It's always nice to have Lauren Bacall or Peter O'Toole, whoever, get up there and 
tell you how much they loved making movies and yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. But this year they they just get to stand up and wave, <laughs> do the little um, uh, queen of the parade wave, uh-huh. you know, with the wrist thing. <laughs> this is, again, you know, reinforced. This is not a visual podcast. I was doing the wave there, but nobody can tell. <laughs> Everybody knows what you're talking. about. Yeah, I know, but. So anyway, um, you know, I think that the Oscars, like I said, overall was a f- fairly disappointing, honestly. <sighs> Obviously, that reaction. Um, <laughs> I'm being contemplative. I wasn't yawning. No. Um, but uh, yeah, I think as far from a purely entertainment four-hour show, it was a bit slow. Sure. It probably honored the people who needed to be honored. Yeah. Was there anything that really surprised you about the show? Because it seems to me like I can usually look back and see one big surprise uh, when it comes to somebody who won. No. I think I think this year it's almost totally absent. I was surprised that Avatar didn't pick up more of the technical awards, the things like sound editing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That it... In any other year, would have been its consolation prize for for not getting the the big one. Sure. Yeah. No. I Yeah. I can see that. Um, I, I was actually. I to be honest with you, and maybe I'm a little bit more. I don't know, cynical or something about the Oscars, but I actually was surprised that Hurt Locker won Best Picture. Why? I don't know. I just. I would like I said, maybe I'm being cynical. You know, because <laughs> I thought that they would be like, well, Avatar, uh, you made. A billion and a half fucking dollars or whatever it was. Two point so, six in point. Oh, fuck lord. Billion dollars. That's <sighs> that's significantly more than many countries' GDP. But <laughs> uh, I, I'm just trying to come up with a superlative swear word for that, and I think "fuck lord" was about the best I could hey, do. There you go. Um, um, but no, I think I think at the end of the day, the Academy probably went. You know, t- uh, Titanic when it came out, it made a billion dollars. But at least it had, some, you know, uh, there was a story there. This one, it was kind of like Pocahontas told in space, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't that, you know, new. Right. So and it was and we already and... gave you an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Just the be last happy with time all your... you made a billion dollars. So <laughs> consider that a consolation prize. Right. And you're not going to win one again. Yeah, well, it's funny because, you know, it's like... Uh... I wonder if I, I kind of wonder what James Cameron reaction is. It's like, how many billions do I have to make to get a fucking Oscar around here? Well, he you know? already has one. No, I know. And but I, guess, I, I have been reading that. I guess um, people think that he was snubbed at least for director because of his uh, moment uh, on the last time. <laughs> where he was king of the world. Yeah, yeah. People, a <laughs> lot of people so in Hollywood thought that was in bad taste. You think? <laughs> I actually read an interview with him in Business Week. <laughs> and yes, I read you fucking read Business Mr. Week. Oh, damn it, you stole my joke! <laughs> I know, I was beating <laughs> to the punch on that one. But yes, I read an article, with an uh, interview with him in Business Week, uh, where he basically said, and I don't know if he's ever done this before, uh, that I have read, that he's basically said, yeah, 
that was stupid. He, <laughs> he really did. He goes, that was me sort of trying to connect with people that loved the movie in my own kind of stupid way. And it really didn't come across <laughs> the way I wanted it to. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, it didn't. It came across like you being a jackass. <laughs> you know what's funny? They always say James Cameron's a humorless guy who doesn't like to be made fun of. But I saw him on the Saturday Night Live Sigourney Weaver hosted and uh, it was damn funny. Really? And if you haven't seen it, I don't know, try and find oh. it. It's a, it's a really great episode really? of Saturday Night Live. Oh, I, I didn't even know that he'd ever been on Saturday Night Live. Well, he was on for that short skit. Wh- how long ago was that? Um, I don't know, a month? A month oh, ago. it was just recently? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well, maybe I'll see if I can find it. Because it's an Avatar joke. Okay, alright. <laughs> I think that, honestly, I think that James Cameron comes across as a guy who has... You know, as much of a sense of humor as sort of these mogul types can. Well, you never know, because that was the story with uh, with the Navi thing, with Ben Stiller in the in the thing. Yeah. Was that originally it was supposed to be Borat uh, out there in? Or, yeah. Well, there's Sasha Baron Cohen out yeah. there as the Navi, and they were going to do some joke, but uh, the Academy wouldn't let them do it because they were concerned Jim Cameron would walk out. Huh. Well. I guess, you know, it's funny to me that, you know, I guess if you have that much money or that much success or whatever, you can afford to be kind of a prick, I guess. Well, and you can sit there like this at the Oscars. That was... Yeah, baby. Nod your head a bit. Yeah. That was so funny. My movie kicks ass. That was so funny because I just remember thinking, and I made the joke on the last podcast, where he's just kind of kicked back like Snoop or something. Like, yeah, bitches, what? You know what I mean? And it was like, it was so funny. But I do think, too, that he his reaction, like, and I am i don't know if this was completely contrived or not, but when um, Catherine Bigelow won for director and picture, he seemed fairly, I mean, he seemed fairly genuinely happy for her. Well, she, she is his ex-wife. Yeah, but you know, that's his ex-wife. I mean, a lot of people with their ex-wives, they'd be like, fuck you, you bitch. You know? Yeah, but it's Hollywood. You see your exes. Sure. You make movies with your exes. Yeah, that's true. Um, You think Kidman and Cruz are going to make one together? I doubt it. Not since the I can finally wear heels crack on Oprah. Um, (laughs) Speaking of which, I saw the trailer for the new Cruz and Diaz picture, Night and Day. It looks fucking retarded. <laughs> really? Like, I mean, literally, you know, a couple <laughs> of retards in an asylum came up with it. Really? Yes. I, I haven't seen it. What's it, what's it? Fill me in. I think it's, it's one of those ultra cliche... It's kind of a Mr. and Mrs. Smith thing. Okay. Where uh, Tom Cruise is a spy okay. and Diaz is the woman he... You know, is the kind of the gal he's dating. At least, I'm, okay, it's been a couple weeks, so... If I'm wrong, fuck you. But I think this is the basic gist. And then they're like, they're like trying to date and fall in love in the midst of all this spy stuff. And it sounds was, stupid. It sounds cliched and stupid. Yes. <laughs> well, and it looks it too. Okay. Well, there you go. I read this. I, I actually have. I went to the library and checked out a bunch of books. And for some reason, I got both of Kevin Smith's books that he has put out. One which is called Silent Bob Speaks. And one is called My Boring Ass Life. Uh-huh. And one of them, the one that I've read all the way through so far, uh, is the Silent Bob Speaks. And it's this, it's subtitled The uh, Collected Writings of Kevin Smith. Uh-huh. And basically it's a collection of a bunch of these columns that he wrote for various magazines and stuff. Yeah. And um, he has this one article in there where he actually 
for some reason, I don't know why this came about, he interviews Tom Cruise. Uh, it's well, they, it's probably like Interview Magazine where they always get, you know. Yeah, something stuff. like that. But so it's like, let's have Kevin Smith interview Tom Cruise. Uh, let's see, we just threw a dart at a board with an interviewer and an interviewee. <laughs> whatever. And go, oh my God. Kevin Smith, I know he's a big movie buff and all this stuff, obviously. But oh my God. He practically just says, and yes. I blew Tom Cruise. He is the <laughs> coolest person in the entire world. But he's not. But, well, you know. He's a crazy nutbag. I don't know if he's crazy. I've heard from, I've heard from various, not personally, but I've read, <laughs> you know, with my connections in the industry. No, I've, I've actually uh, read and heard various accounts of him uh, interacting with people that are not necessarily big movie people or whatever. Mm. And... All of the ones that I've ever heard have said that he's just a super nice guy. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I the, guess. The, the, have you met the guy, Phil? The Katie Holmes thing, the Scientology thing, it got old. Yeah, well, you know. And I told you this a long time ago. When I saw Mission Impossible 3, was kind of at the height of all that. Uh-huh. And I remember watching it going, I really wish his head would off and the movie <laughs> would just keep going. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> you know, somebody would just ha ha Ethan Hunt. <laughs> yeah. And then Bing Rames was all of a sudden the main oh, there character. You go. I'd be happy. I'm all about Bing Rames as a main, main <laughs> character because that guy, I cannot get enough of him. Hey. Like the, the scene in Chuck I and think, Larry when he was dancing in the shower, that was uh I think I've had enough of Bing Rames. When it came to the surrogates I've had enough of Bing Rain. I did. I tell you, I tried to watch that like three times and kept falling asleep. <laughs> How apropos. Well, I did. I like tried to watch it like three, four times and I just kept falling asleep. Like, Bruce Willis action got us jammed. I know. Oh. Um, so anyway, okay. Uh, where are we at here? I don't even know. We're are lost. we done with the Oscars? I, yeah, I guess. There's really not much to talk about. Well, yeah, yeah, that we haven't already. Yeah. So, okay, well, let's move on. Um, let's see. Uh, we both have watched... Now, again, like I said, this is, might be a short episode, really, because of the fact that we haven't really... I haven't really watched much. And I told you before we started recording that I got <laughs> I got on the Netflix Instant View, uh-huh. and um, I went on this man versus food kick. Uh, they <laughs> a have, marathon of men versus t- food. Totally. I mean, there's... A, okay, there's two seasons on there, and there's only two seasons total. I think right. the third season hasn't even started yet. But um, each of the seasons... God, the first one's like 15 episodes and the second one's like 20? Well, yeah, but they're all like 21 minutes long. Yeah, but still, I mean, that's a lot of... The, you know, that's a, a lot, lot of, of you and Amos. That's a lot of man versus food. And so uh, I kind of went on a kick of man versus food and, didn't, and sort of ignored the movies this last week. <laughs> well... I guess whatever makes you happy. I, I watched But about, it certainly doesn't make our podcast listeners happy. You know what? They're going to be happy just to hear our, our sweet angelic our voices. tones. And our erudite and witty conversation. Hi, hi, hi. Plus me talking about boobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that too. <laughs> it's a plus for all. Of course it is, man. This is like... TNA! This from is, Amos. Like I said, this is theater of the mind, man. Come on. With Phil. <laughs> <With Phil. laughs> I am Amos, uh, the uh, worldwide known br- uh, podcaster and TNA expert, and this is Phil. Uh, <laughs> ripping off that joke from the Oscars. Yes, I think I got that. But anyway. Okay, so, so what, do you, what do you want to do first? You want to do um, 21 or Pineapple Express first, and then maybe we can get into the documentary stuff later? 
Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Whatever you want to talk about. Uh, Which is see. fresher for you? Fresher would be Pineapple Express. So maybe I'm thinking that we should do uh, 21 first because <laughs> that might be a little less... Uh, I tend to like to sort of backload these things. Like toward the end is when we tend to get a little more... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we want to make the first half of the show as painful and boring as possible. So And, the then, big... and then reward those who stick around. Exactly. It's like, you know, <laughs> if you can make it through this bullshit... The end, pure gold. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? At least we hope. We're 21 episodes <laughs> in, man. We got a formula we better stick to it. <laughs> all right. For so, all our 15 listeners. Exactly. So, okay, 21, um, for anybody out there that doesn't know, is based on a book. Which is based, based on a true story. Not based on a book. I think it's based on like a Forbes article or something. There was a... Okay, so the, yeah, this is very convoluted and I actually know all this because I, <laughs> I sort of went through it. It was an article in some magazine. I think it may be Forbes or something. Yeah. Which was based on a true story. Right. Which was telling the story of these guys from MIT who went and like broke the bank in Vegas. Uh-huh. But then it got turned into a book. Yeah. Then it got turned into a movie. Uh-huh. So it was like... Real life, article, book, movie. What better? Hey, and in the man. process, you go from being 100% Asian to only 50% Asian. Was it 100% Asian? I didn't think it, it was. Just, I, I think that's what the, the, the disembodied voices told me in the past. Was, <laughs> the disembodied <laughs> Was that, uh, that, yes, it was 100% Asian. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. But anyway, so the movie, we'll focus on the movie. Because I actually have read the uh, about half the book. I got... It got a little boring because it was too long. Yeah. Like, the movie's just about right. It really... <laughs> because it's enough time to tell the story. Uh-huh. And you can have some dramatic, uh, you know, whatnot. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's my catch-all. Thrills whatnot. and spills. Thrills and spills. Chills and thrills. Whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> the book's just too long, though. A book, a book is... You know, you can pack a lot into a book. And if you don't have a lot there... There's no reason to have a book. It's just droning on. Yeah, yeah. I know those books. Yeah. So, you know, basically it's these guys from MIT that figured out how to basically count cards. Yeah. And they worked together and they went and they won just an insane amount of money. Yeah. You know what's funny? What I noticed about the movie, at least from a plot standpoint, is I know you have to focus on your main characters. So really, when we go to the casino, it was always just the Asian chick and the and the, the main character yeah. at a table. Right. But they never even explained what the other people were doing. Yeah. They'd just be in the background watching them. I'm like, that's not obvious. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's the problem with something like that because it's like you have to you have to focus on you know, a few main characters or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then you end up with, the, like you said, it's like, and I've heard this analogy and this always cracked me up, the third guy in the porn scene <laughs> where it's supposed to be a three-way and then the third guy sort of gets ignored, the third person yeah. where this guy kind of gets ignored and sort of is standing over in the corner like, oh, great. You know? <laughs> um, but you get these characters that are just sort of there like, hi, I'm a character in this movie. <laughs> I've got one funny line in 20 minutes. Stay tuned. I'm a total, like, stereotype. I'm the quote-unquote funny guy. I'm the quote-unquote angry guy. I'm the quote-unquote, you know, loose cannon. It's like, <laughs> like whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, But the thing was, too, is that one thing I didn't, and I have to say, uh, overall, I didn't like the movie so much. Mm. It was okay, but I was not a huge fan. But Kevin Spacey in that movie... 
It came across as just this weird, arrogant kind of dick. Ooh. <laughs> yes, he is a dick. Yeah. Um, no, uh, yeah, I guess he was totally in control of the scene, man. <laughs> I can dig it. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, he didn't come across as a guy who was like, you know, he, he, at certain times in the movie, he kind of went, ooh, let's have some fun. This is going to be great. We're going to take down Vegas. But then, if anybody would have too much fun, whatever, he'd be like, you know, you're putting our whole thing at risk and you better listen to me or you're out and all this stuff. And yeah. it's like, well, pick one way to go here. <laughs> fun has its place and making money has its place. Oh, well, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> and they are mutually exclusive. Oh, man. I thought we were doing this podcast for both. You're making money off of this? Totally. Oh, wait, no. Shall no. I? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. I'm paying money for this fucking... <laughs> no, dude, believe me. If there's money to be made in podcasts, I'm not the one who's figured it out yet. <laughs> We've um, got a merchandise. <laughs> Put our faces on t-shirts. <laughs> I'd wear that t-shirt. <laughs> Of course, I'd be the one paying for it, so fuck yeah. it. <laughs> that would be funny if I was wearing, walking around wearing a Can You Fucking Believe It t-shirt. People wouldn't even know. Like The problem is with that is that you know, it wouldn't be unusual enough. I mean, people wear t-shirts right, you know, with anything on them. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's like I saw one t-shirt that had like a uh, ninja baby in a womb or something like that. And I was like, okay. So nobody would even notice. They'd just be like, eh, whatever. Okay. Okay, so anyway, enough about teachers. You know, interestingly, they're talking about ninja, ninja babies in a womb. Oddly enough, you have a story about that. Well, a similar story. A, a, a girl I work with has an odd tattoo, and she frequently wears shirts that reveal it, of, uh, on her chest, uh-huh. um, of a strange like zombie baby coming out of a coffin. I, wow. I, I assume she regrets it. I don't know. <laughs> I would have to assume the same thing. But zombie it, baby. Well, remember when we were talking about how freaked out we were from Dawn of the Dead? That yeah. zombie baby? Maybe, uh, maybe I, that think, was I think it inspired her. Oh, God. She's like, I want that zombie baby right here. Oh, there's a hilarious website you have got to check out. It's called, um, uh, like, oh, God, now I can forget. Ugliesttattoos.com yeah. or something like that. And it's all it is is pictures of tattoos that you look at them and you go, why in the fuck would that person get them permanently tattooed on itself? It is oh. so funny. And anybody out there listening, you have got to check it out. I think it's called ugliesttattoos.com. It is so funny. It is like, the, and you look at it and it's, it's hilarious because you go, that's a really horrible tattoo. But then you think about it a little bit more and you go, that is permanently on that person. Yeah. Like, they're never getting that unless uh-huh. they spend thousands and thousands of dollars. There's a guy that... <laughs> there's one that with a guy in a police mugshot that has Gitter done tattooed on his forehead. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, God. So you anyway. know, it was funny. I, 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 you know, those mass emails go around work, you know, like, hey, isn't this funny? Look at these photos. Right. And, like, one of them, the, this was one that was... Um, we're a little off track, but um, this was one of the ones that's kind of done after those like strength kind of photos where they have an inspiring photo and then a little motto. But this one, it was, you know, really bad one. So this one was epic fail and it had a, you know, this gal holding up a picture of like her, her best friend who died or whatever and like her wedding and, and smiling all happy. And then it showed you the tattoo of said uh, photo that she had put, in, put on oh. her arm. 
And it was like, you know, her teeth looked like uh, horrible and the I've smile was all fucked up. And you're like, who? I've seen that. I've actually seen that one. Really? Yeah. Oh. And oh God, it's terrible. I know. And it's like, are really, are you going to keep that on your body for the rest of your life? <laughs> it's horrific. I, okay. I'm not telling you what I do, but I had a client ask the other day whether we gave out money for tattoo removal. I was like, oh mm, Lord. No. No. <laughs> Sorry, we're not giving you any money for that. No, no yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit of a stretch right there, I would think. Yeah. That's like asking your insurance company if they pay for um, breast implants or something, you know? <laughs> Some do. Do they really? <laughs> I remember my brother telling me that, well, I shouldn't say this because he probably will listen, but <laughs> when he started at a certain large company yes. based in Seattle, he said, the insurance plan is so big, I could have, I could have my cock enlarged <laughs> and they pay for it. Awesome. <laughs> I am applying tomorrow. <laughs> Not that I need it. <laughs> Buzzing. Yes. Okay, so what? I where did we go from that? Okay. Uh, were so we sick of talking about 21? It was, it, it was it, um, it, it seemed to have some problems, some very cliched portions of it. I, I, uh, the biggest plot hole for me is I don't really think there is a security company that monitors multiple casinos. I think each casino has its own security department. That watches their thousand billion cameras. Yeah, itself. you're probably right. I that yeah, I had actually sort of forgotten about that. You're probably right though. I don't think that they, they probably don't have one company that does like five different casinos. You'd have to have like a thousand employees. Yeah, which I is, mean that would be. There's no company in the world does, that it, has a thousand employees. <laughs> it, well, it takes a lot of people to watch those cameras at one casino. Let alone, you know, if you had like 30 guys flipping through the Bellagio to the wind, to the Mirage, to the... Yeah. Like, how would you ever notice anybody? Yeah, I and this guy watches us all, Phil. Not if it's just Not if it's just Lawrence Fishburne. (laughs) Oh, I forgot he was... (laughs) You forgot it was Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne? Fishburne. He's very forgettable to me for some reason. (laughs) He looked really fat in this movie. Yeah, he... uh, Lawrence Fishburne... I'm surprised that he. My theory on Lawrence Fishburne is that he has he has to be a very good actor and also a very um, uh, like charismatic guy in person. Yeah, because he is so not attractive in any way to be in a movie. <laughs> he is. Well, you could say that a lot about a lot of people. I think. Well, yeah, but he's all pockmarked and yeah, weird looking. He's got big giant teeth and just weird looking guy. And I mean, of course, you know, you can say that about like Steve Steve Buscemi comes to mind. Well, yeah, but there there have to be quirky guys, quote sure, unquote, sure. in Hollywood to play the quirky guy, quote unquote, <laughs> role. <laughs> I'm quote unquote sorry. I don't really know what this means. Um, that's but a- it did bring to the fore uh, a good point for me, which is I don't know. There's something about her. I have a soft spot for, is it Kate? What the hell is her fucking name? Now, I, was, I was thinking about it two seconds ago. Now I've forgotten. The girl? Yes. With the dark hair. Oh, wait. From Superman Returns and uh, this voice from above. 
B K K Bosworth. Bosworth. Yes. Bingo. With the the voice up from above and the brain power, the obviously diminished brain power. Did you hear the little? The gears are turning, kids. Um, but you know, I've never really liked her. I sort of go the other way. Like, yeah. I don't really like her very much. I don't know. There's something there. I don't know if it's the anorexia, the fact that I can see her collarbones. But I kind of like her. Gotta love the anorexia. The moon face. <laughs> the moon face with the anorexia. Exactly. It's just such a paradox. It's, it's like, like, a, it's like <laughs> an orange on a toothpick. Gotta do weather patterns. Heat pants new. That brought it to a crashing halt, <laughs> didn't it? Wow, okay. I was trying to think of a good one to do. So anyway, 21 has been exhausted at this point. I, I was not a huge fan of that movie. It was okay. I think I, it, I think when you're watching it, it's enjoyable for the most part. Yeah, it's um, one of those but, movies that's... But it, you think about, it's cliched, it's been done. Uh, yeah. Most of the pieces have been done before. It's a very disposable movie. Correct. So, you know, whatever. I wouldn't watch it again. I, well, I don't regret watching it, but it was not one I'd Again. Exactly. So, okay, moving on to Pineapple Express, which... Uh, Hate it? Love it? What do you think? You know, I, I'm sort of torn. I think that, like, there was parts of it that I really, really liked. I think that there was also parts of it that just seemed... It was like Step Brothers for me, where the tone of the movie... There was two different tones of the movie that were fairly at odds. Like, the whole action-type part of it... Was so at odds with the, the comedy part of it. Really? Did you not grow up in the eighties? I come on. I know. But Watch was... your jumping Jack Flash. Watch your Fletch. All of the comedies in the eighties that are big are all were all action comedies. Every well, sure. Time. I mean, I get that. I do. This is an homage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Two going years. to stick my pinky out now when I take a drink of my 24-ounce <laughs> Of your Miller High Life. Hey, you know, come on, at least class it up a little. Say that I got Bud Ice or something. I don't know. You know, I worked at 7-Eleven for a month. <laughs> yes. And I, I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. I don't mean it to be embarrassing. Hey, you know what? But like 6.30 in the morning or 7, whenever it was they can sell liquor, bums in the store in, at like 7.01... Buying that stuff in a 40. So that was just meant to make me feel bad. <laughs> yes. Hey, come on. I'm going to get paid until tomorrow, all right? Give me a break. I don't oh, get by paid the way, until the 30 fucking first. By the way, speaking yes. of when you worked at 7-Eleven, <laughs> I actually wore that 7-Eleven shirt that you gave me yesterday <laughs> for the first time in like three years. And I'm like, this is awesome. And I regretted the fact that I... That I cut off the 7-Eleven little um You cut patch. off the logo? I did! And I can't remember why. I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> I think it was because if I've ever wore it out, people would be like, oh, what 7-Eleven you work at? You know? <laughs> it's a joke! It's ironical, Jerry. Oh, Fuck. oh really? That kicked the levels right in the eyes, didn't it? <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express. I thought I think, it was very funny, actually. I really liked it. I, I can't recall. I think I laughed like two or three times. Maybe it was because I watched by, by myself. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the voyage from beginning to end on this pot smoke highway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, James Lipton. <laughs> or maybe Bob Ross. <laughs> yeah. Over here. Happy we got, a, we got a little dirty cop. He, <laughs> she lives over here. 
No, I the love fuck? the cop character, that Hispanic woman. That Hispanic woman? That Hispanic woman. You're blowing my mind here. It's one of the most notable points in that movie that they dug up Rosie Perez to be that Hispanic woman. I know, Phil. Clearly you did not. This is going (laughs) to get contentious here in a second. (laughs) Rosie Perez. And somehow she didn't have that fucking voice. She wasn't going on like this all the time. Oh, God. I just remember her from White Man Can't Jump. Because I used to love White Man Can't Jump when I was a kid. Oh, God. (laughs) What is a quint? (laughs) Or whatever, you know, it's like... Who's the begin with Q? Yeah, right. Like, you know, or then when she was like... uh, The one scene I always remember uh, with Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie Rosie O'Donnell! That's a big... uh... Wow, Phil, I need therapy. I think Um, you do. Okay, so Rosie Perez was where she gets mad at Woody Harrelson because he says he wants to... uh, He says he wants to screw, I think. And she goes, I hate that word when it comes to that. She goes, I prefer making love or fuck. (laughs) And (laughs) And then he gets pissed at her and he like throws a glass of water in her face and he walks out of the apartment and she runs out onto the onto the little balcony thing and she goes, Come back! I wanna screw! Do Thank you know you. how long it's been since I've seen that movie? Probably about a year after it came out in 1992. Oh, well, whatever. Failure missing. Can you believe? Can you old. fucking believe it? Fuck, I'm old. But oh anyway. my god, dude. Don't even talk to me about being <laughs> old. Okay, because that's I work, right. You are older than me. Well, because I work with a guy who just turned twenty-one, uh-huh. and we sit there and like at my work, we have the radio on all the time on KTCL. Yeah, and um, yeah, uh, Denver's quote-unquote alternative station. Yeah, you know they play. Uh, they play old, tired alternative music and modern rock. How about that? <laughs> well, just make it sound <laughs> all that more appealing. Sorry, <laughs> KTCL, but no, they they'll play songs. They'll be like, oh, I remember this song. You know, they'll they'll do this like thing, throwback thing. And the guy would be like, yeah, this came out when I was like in middle school or like like fifth grade. And I was like, oh my God, I was in high school. <laughs> uh, Don't you love ugh, that? Boy. Anyway, so back to, pi- we're freaking out here. Pineapple Express. Um, I think Seth Rogen is a very funny guy. I like Seth Rogen. I don't like Seth Rogen. Really? I, I really, uh, I think I honestly don't. I, I did, however, like uh, the other one. Franco. You know what's funny is that when I went into that movie thinking, okay, I like uh, I like Seth Rogen, but I don't like James Franco. Mm. And then I went, God, Franco was great in that movie. Like, <laughs> he, he was really funny in that movie. I don't he, know. That movie just, I think, changed my opinion of him as an actor. Hey, there you go. Everybody's got his day. Um, no, most of the time, that manic energy that, that he gives off just kind of fucking annoys me. Who, Rogan? Yeah. And there are a couple times in there where it worked. Like when they're in like the parking lot. I cannot remember what the discussion was about. It's how about um, they're friends, but they're fighting or something. I don't want to be your friend. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. But that scene worked for me with the manicness. Right. But some of it was just like... All down. <laughs> yeah. And I'm... <laughs> what's his name? Ed Begley Jr. Funniest part <laughs> yeah, of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what... I always forget the guy's name, but the guy with the weird curly mullet thing going. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know his name, but he, everybody he's a, loves him. He's funny, and he, he's in that show Eastbound and Down, uh-huh. which I've never seen, which I've heard is really <laughs> funny. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, he was like unkillable in this movie. Oh, I know, right? But he was funny. I mean, I think that all the various pieces were funny. I think there were certain parts where it didn't really work necessarily all with all together. Right. But the pieces were funny. Uh-huh. Well, I think that movie kind of depended and uh on the and you, you know i think more most people in our culture have some understanding of kind of pot haze watching a movie yeah yeah but um it depends on that sure you know it's it's meant to be just bizarrely goofy so that when you're high you go ah! right yeah give me well, some was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's sort of like um, it, it, there, there's this real subculture, nah, I don't know about subculture, but subgenre of movies that are meant to sort of be watched high. Yeah. And like, you know, you got like Harold and Kumar uh-huh. and like Pineapple Express and mm-hmm. whatever, all these movies. And I think that a, a, a sign of a good comedy in that genre is that if it's still funny, even if you're not high, cause I don't smoke weed and I thought that movie was funny, you mm-hmm. know? Yes. And things like, but see, one movie that I wouldn't put into that category, which you'd think would be in there, was Dude, Where's My Car? Mm. That is just a goofy-ass movie. And I thought it was so fucking funny just because it was so bizarre. It had its moments. I banished you to Hobart in New Jersey. The aliens were like Swedish? I don't know. What? <laughs> but that movie got old, too, with the... Dude! Yeah. With the tattoos. Yeah, I can't yeah. even remember what sweet. sweet. Dude, sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so anyway, uh, Pineapple Express, the one part <laughs> I actually didn't like, the, the one character that was supposed to be sort of a, a fairly prominent comedic part of that movie that I didn't like mm. was the dude from um, Mad TV, the Asian guy. Uh, What's it, Bobby something or other? Bobby, Bobby Lee's Lee? not. Bobby Lee is is in that movie, but has a very small part. Well, I assume you mean the guy. I assume you mean the guy who was in The Hangover. The, is that him? Yeah, yeah. He's the the Asian you see most in that movie. The boss guy, right? No, the boss guy was just some old Asian. The his henchman though was the one who pops out of the trunk in The Hangover. Okay. See, maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but for some reason. I remember thinking that Bobby Lee in that movie sort of brought it down for some reason. Like, he was kind of weirdly... Uh, I remember place. Bobby Lee, like, in two scenes, so I assume you mean the other guy. Okay, well, maybe. I haven't seen it in a while, so... There you go. But, you know. <laughs> I, and plus, I'm kind of retarded. If that has not been abundantly clear over the last 20 fucking <laughs> episodes of this fucking podcast. <laughs> well, geez, just run yourself out of breath there. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little... But I don't know. I, I'd recommend it. I think it, I think it's, a, it's an entertaining couple hours. I didn't mind it. I watched it straight through, which is unusual for me on my DVR, but... Um, well, and the thing is, too, is the action stuff is actually done pretty well. I yeah, think, I guess. You know, I, guess. I lo- What's Danny McBride? Danny, Danny McBride, that's McBride. his name, William yeah. Something. Anyway, I love how uh, protective he was of his Daihatsu. <laughs> I, know, I love, right? You know, when I was like a kid, when I was 12, I used to look at those commercials for Daihatsu and be like... Dude, if I save my allowance, I could have a Daihatsu in like two years. You could too. I mean, <laughs> they were like five grand. Yeah, they I were know, nothing. Right? And it, what was it? It was like lime green. Uh, it was yellow. Was it yellow? I think so. Okay, I want some goofy but, ass pastel. Um, there color. was another. The there was another chick who was also, I think, in the Hangover. 
um, who was like the funniest part for me was the black cop, the giant black cop, who's the liaison officer to the school who comes to arrest oh. him while they're out after they've just sold pot to the like twelve year olds. Yeah, that shit. Made she me was laugh. funny. Yeah. Well, she was the one from the Hangover that was the partner of uh, the guy of Don Smigel or whatever Riggles, Riggle. The guy, the cop, where they were tasing. Yeah, yeah, them. the one from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, not Saturday Night Live from uh, Daily Show. No, he's on Saturday Night Live now. Oh, he is. Yeah, jeez, I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in a while. Um, Get with, with it. it. Or we'll maybe just call this one. Saturday Night Live a- with it. We'll just know. call this uh, episode twenty-one. Or Amos is out of the loop. <laughs> um. Amos needs to be included in the memos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I didn't quite get that one, Phil. Come on, you got your finger on the pulse. Apparently, I know. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just old watching Man versus Food. <laughs> I know. Instead of, you know, your dad watching History Channel, it's you, man versus food zone. Hey, you know, this guy, he's kind of crazy with the food there. <laughs> oh, my God, can you believe he ate that 47-foot hot dog? He ate the whole thing? I can't believe he needs some Alka-Seltzer. He needs to okay. have a schmutz. Okay, here... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so I like what, how I stopped you on that one. <laughs> what movie does that voice come from? I... I we did about three different voices. No, no, then. no. That we both did the same voice, kinda. And for me, it harkens back to a joke in one movie. Uh, I can think of two movies. Whoa, wait a minute. One movie where there's two guys that do the same voice, practically. Princess Bride. No, not what I'm thinking of. What were you thinking of? I'm thinking of Running Scared. Oh God! With oh, with the thing oh, with the Jeopardy. I'm watching the Jeopardy, and the man didn't know who Deuteronomy was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Billy Crystal. Yeah. Oh, he got it wrong. He didn't know who Deuteronomy was. <laughs> I don't know that. I always the, remember. With the one I was thinking of was with Peter Falk in Princess Bride, where he was reading the story and he had this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, but yeah. But then also in that same movie, <laughs> Billy Crystal. As the super old guy, have fun storming the castle. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay, so anyway, where the hell are we on this? Uh, um, we're on a Billy Crystal kid. Yeah, there we go. Billy Crystal, what happened to him, by the way? I, where the fuck I is think, he now? I think he essentially retired because nobody really wanted to watch his movies anymore. Well, My Giant I, was it, a masterpiece. It happened in the mid-90s, you know, it was Mr. Saturday Night, Forget Paris... And my giant, and then it was kind of all over. He had the analyze this and that, and, That's and true. it was over. That those were his last what, hits. Has he even? What has he been in since then? I honestly cannot think of anything. Yeah, I know he, he directed pre- that sixty one movie. That's what I was just gonna say. But I, that yeah. was like two thousand two thousand one. That was for like HBO though or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. And George Bush. I remember reading it because George Bush watched it in the White House. So <laughs> I know it was post two thousand. Wow. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's weird though because he was huge for a while there. Really, I mean, in the eighties, he was a megastar. Well, and but the thing is too is that when Harry Met Sally is actually a really good movie. Of course, it I is. love that movie. Yes. And it's weird because it's kind of a chick flick. Yes, it is. And that's the one. Honestly, I will say that is basically the one chick flick, mm. quote unquote, romantic comedy. Yeah, that I really like, as opposed to Suffer Through. Right. <laughs> As opposed to, I will watch this with you because I want to get in your pants later. Yes. That's the... Ooh. 
Am I being bitter, Phil? (laughs) You went past bitter at about 90 four years ago. (laughs) (laughs) No, I zoomed past bitter right into fucking fuck everybody kind of territory. (laughs) That's not true. You went past bitter to dangerous. (laughs) To this guy he has some problems. (laughs) To muttering silently (laughs) on the street. (laughs) To the guy that you walk around on the sidewalk. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
uh, dream in life at the time. Okay. And it's like, really? That's what you're aspiring to? <laughs> a stripper? Some girls dream big, baby. Hey, you know what, though? She went from trailer park stripper to uh, uh, multimillionaire to... Star of screen and screen? And... Whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you Stri- can't throw stage uh, in there. Yeah, well, I was, you know, I was thinking, of, <laughs> you consider Playboy set the stage? Oh. Hey, you know what? Honestly, I will say this. I When she was in Playboy, before mm. she got like real super weird and everything, mm-hmm. I thought she was just smoking hot stuff. I think a lot of people did back in 1991 or whatever. Whatever. Well, that was, and they made the point in the documentary, that, that was a time when there was a lot of women that were, it was sort of like almost the height of... Uh, the sort of real skinny, skinny like Kate, Kate Moss types, right? And she totally went against that. And I remember seeing her in Playboy, and not that I would read that filth, but like going <laughs> for the interviews, for the yeah, interviews, yeah, 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 for the articles. Um, but just going, whoa, hello, nurse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. Um, I think I saw. See now I can't remember the other one I was talking about before. Why don't you go, go ahead and Well, uh, I watched kick one called off. The Bridge. Which I had on my computer forever, like I said, and never watched. I kind of regret not watching it now because I can't talk to you about it. I don't know. Um, it's interesting, to say the least. Uh, it's, a, it's a project where uh, this guy read an article in, like, The New Yorker about, just about how they were trying to build nets below... Uh, the Golden Gate Bridge so that people couldn't jump off it anymore because it, it's like, a, you know, well, I don't know, like tourist spot for people who want to kill themselves. They make it like a, a pilgrimage to, to the Golden Gate Bridge to jump to off. To throw themselves off, yes. Jesus. Um, and so they, they he, like, like, we watched the special features. So, like, he, after reading that article, like, two weeks later was in San Francisco, buying his camera equipment, setting it all up, uh, hiring people to sit there all day and record the bridge. Right. And watch people. Well, he just basically set a camera up on the hill and just had it focused on the bridge, right? No, he had, he had a couple that were, uh, that were just stationary that would just watch the big bridge in big. Uh-huh. But then he had people sitting on each side of the bridge that would just scan and watch people all day. Now this happens every day? People go and jump off the bridge? I think... Uh, what was it? It was something like... Um, 40 people in like 2006 or whenever threw themselves off. Oh, okay. That's a couple a month. Yeah, yeah. Huh, wow. Um, well, you know... But at any rate, so... And you go through it and, and so the guy talks to their family members and their friends to see, you know, what, what headspace they're in. Oh, yeah, it's bad. Uh, I mean, <laughs> really? And, 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 uh, and honestly, by the end of the movie, I'm, I, I just couldn't help thinking that, you know, you may have had the best intentions of, you know, finding out where these people were or whatever, but it's not revealing in any way. They don't tell you anything new about any of these people. They're just all depressives who right. wanted to die. So and and then you watch them die. Really? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. show people jumping off the bridge. Yes, they do. Whoa! And they they uh, and and the reason I in some ways I found it kind of uh, in bad taste is they spend like the whole movie talking talking about this one guy and showing footage of him walking back and forth. This guy, you know, he's kind of rocker with this really long black hair and. They, 
for the entire movie, you watch him go back and forth and back and forth. And then, like, five minutes before the end, they give you their most spectacular shot. Yeah. And that's him getting up, standing backwards, back diving off the thing. Jeez. And, and I'm like, well, great, but that's a, that's, it just seems in bad taste. Because it seems like by the end of it, you're going, it seems like you're just wanting to exploit this. Yeah, like you're, I can you're not see giving that. me anything new, but you're giving me something salacious. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, watch this guy fall off the bridge and die. Man. Yeah. Well, see, yeah, the, that's a very that's a it's sticky like, question. It's like though. an upper crust faces of death. Sure, sure. <laughs> and he, but yeah, you can dress it up by saying that you know we're just looking at these people, how they react, how they react to the things around them, whatever. Right. But at the same time, at what point? Do you say this guy is walking around trying to decide if he's actually going to jump off the bridge? Mm-hmm. What at what point do you say to yourself, "Look, I got to go just tell this guy, look, I'm not going to well, let they you would, do this." They would they would call the um the 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 bridge patrol if they really thought somebody was going to do it. And they have a couple of examples of people being caught who never quite got worked up the gumption to actually jump. Right. But for the most part, yeah. Uh, the, what, what, no, this is not backwards, people. The, this is just no. <laughs> listening to the features. The people would tell you, you know, that it was you just uh, you just were never sure because I, uh, there's one guy who's just chit chatting on his phone and he hangs it up and dials somebody else and chit chats on his phone and hangs it up and dials it up and chit chats off his, on his phone and jumps. <laughs> and so they were wow. like. They were like, uh, you know, how was I supposed to know? I mean, this well, guy's sure. just ch- chatting on the phone. He, he's smiling and laughing and happy. How am I supposed to know that sure. I need to call the patrol and, and get him out there? No, I, I can understand that. I really do. But if you see a guy sitting there, walking back and pacing back and forth, kind of, you know, just looking like he's fucking down and he's like pissed off or whatever, then where, at <laughs> what point, and see, this is a real, this is one of those weird things. It's almost like this socio- sociological thing where, where do you draw the line between just observing what's going on and actually making a difference in somebody else's life when it comes to whether or not they're going to jump off a bridge? Right. Well, the, a lot of the people they talked to were, were simply troubled. And there were these kind of somewhat reprehensible parents who, who were just like, yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I saw the receipt that he went to San Francisco and I, I just knew. I just knew he was dead and he was always troubled and... And maybe it's better. And I'm like, oh. what? Jeez, that I'm. Maybe I'm glad I didn't watch that movie. That sounds kind of depressing. It, 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 it is depressing. It's it's certainly fascinating viewing. But at the end, rather than feeling like I learned something, I felt a little dirty. Yeah, like you went. Why did I watch that? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's like you kind of go, oh, was that in? Instru- uh, educational or instructional or enlightening in any way? Nah, it just I just saw a bunch of people who really have problems who actually who die on screen. Yeah. Oof. Okay. <laughs> this whole conversation you know? is bringing me down. Uh, uh, that's the the most notable one. I watched another one that was uh, from IFC called. Um, New World Order. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I do have audio. A... <laughs> um, it was about a bunch of conspiracy theorists, uh, and I couldn't quite tell. And I, maybe it's the mark of a good documentary whether 
they were somewhat pro-conspiracy theorists or somewhat negative conspiracy theorists. Because I think the giveaway is that they would frequently just show them acting strange. And yeah. you're supposed to end up thinking they're just a bit nuts. And to a certain extent, they are. I was going to say, I don't think... I mean, think there's... Because, uh, okay, so their main focus is this guy named Alex James or Alex Jones... Huh. Who who has like a I don't know I couldn't quite tell if it was an actual radio show or if it <laughs> or was one, a of pop, one of these bullshit one of these ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know he had his own little industry and everybody else in the movie was like a disciple of this guy, and uh, and he sold DVDs on the internet. What was know, he blah, just blah, like blah. a general conspiracy theorist? Essentially, you know, he they went to they have a scene where they go to Dallas and and talk about well this is this is kind of the epicenter and the start of the conspiracy uh, the the movement yeah. yeah and they go to Dealey Plaza and they talk about it and then they they talk to a bunch of people who are obsessed with the Bilderbergs. Um, I had was a, that? I, I had a friend who was conspiracy obsessed. Okay, you know would, what, Phil? I I really apologize, but I'm gonna pause it for just a second. I'm about to um, embarrass myself. And Asshole! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay, much better. Thank Yay. you very much. Amos did not have an accident. <laughs> okay. Unlike so, my dog. Yeah, um, right. Okay, so anyway, the van... What was it? The Vanderberg? The Bilderberg. Bilderbergs. And it's supposedly this group uh, made up of like 120 uh, elites who essentially control the world. <laughs> and... Uh, <clears throat> and like, uh, <clears throat> so what they do is they go to this place that was supposedly hosting a Bilderberg conference, and then uh, they'd uh, they'd talk to the cops who would say, "There's no such thing. There's right. nobody here right now." Right. You know, stuff like this, and blah blah blah. But so they use it as a conspiracy theory, and and I have friends who who had previously gone on and on about the Bilderbergs and how they controlled the world. Um, but so these people actually believe it and so did my friends, but, um, and then they have a couple nine eleven people yeah. who were convinced that it was uh, fake. Oh, sure. Well, and, not uh, fake, but well, you can't really think that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Versus Al Qaeda. Yeah. Um, and then they had uh, a couple of Idaho people. <laughs> oh, boy. um, those ones are the ones that cracked me up though. Really? The people that go up to, like, Montana and, like, Idaho, and they fucking live out in the woods, and they have all these, you know, they have five guns per person, and they're like, you know, this is the real America. It's like, no, it's not. Give me a fucking break. You know, we're living on in the in the spirit of the Founding Fathers because we just hate the government. Well, you know what? Get with it. Well, you know, I think... At the end of the day, here's my thing. Most of these people are nuts. There are grains in truth of what they believe, I think. Sure. I No, I, I really do. I, I mean, has the, has the, over the past 60 years, has, has America changed most likely for the worst? Yes, probably. These people yeah. are pro- most likely overreacting. To I it. would say so. And I would <laughs> also say that for me... Like, it, okay, you got the Michigan militia, which you haven't heard about in years, but I mean, that's sort of, that was the sort of cliche the, version well, for that a while. Was the, well, that was the McVeigh thing. That's yeah, where yeah. he came from. Right, right. But my thing is, is, it's like, okay, if you hate the government that bad, 
you know, well, you're going to have to do something within the frame of what we have. Because, yes, nobody is not perfect. Mm. But it's what we got, you know? And it's better <laughs> than... It's better than fucking living in somewhere like, you know... Kuala Lumpur, where it's like they just come <laughs> and shoot you if they don't like you, you know? Where did I pull out Kuala Lumpur from? It's the capital of Malaysia. No, I know, but I'm just saying, it's like... <laughs> I don't know. Where did that it come sounded, from? It, it sounded like a Garfield Abu Dhabi-esque, you know? <laughs> where you just kind of <laughs> pull it out of your ass. <laughs> hey, man, come on. You know what? It's, it, contrary to what you may think... Judging from the podcast, I actually paid attention every once in a while in school. Um, <laughs> but no, I think it's an interesting documentary. They mostly come off as nuts, but very, um, for the most part, except for the Alex Jones guy, who comes off as simply a nutball, um, most of the, the little people come off as, as, as endearingly um, passionate. Yeah, like they 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 close uh, the movie with a clip of this guy from Florida, who's at one of the nine eleven celeb you know memorials on nine eleven with his little you know nine elevens you know, uh, false kind of thing, um, with his little group, and uh, he's talking about why he believes it and what he and you know that people need to wake up and stuff and he starts crying, and so I think you're meant to believe that he's emotionally unstable. Which he is. Sure. But he certainly believes what he says. Yeah, and you know what the thing is, is that, like, I can, I can totally get behind that. Like, if you really believe in something and you really go out there and, may, and like, if you really go out and try to get across your point and you really believe it and you really want other people to see your point and believe in your point, you have this passion about something that's admirable. Mm. At the same time, this misguided passion can be a really bad thing. Yeah, it's for sure. I you mean, know? Look yeah. at 9-11. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, there you go. But the thing is, too, is it's like, with these conspiracy theory guys, I think some of them, and this is my opinion, and I don't know, whatever, some of them are just people who, on a basic level, are just fucking weirdos and nuts that just latch on to something because it gives them an outlet for this weirdness and this fucking craziness. Almost certainly. In in fact, I'll tell you, they can be surprisingly gullible. Oh, sure. I mean, it's bizarre. Like, I remember my friend who was a a giant conspiracy theorist um, wouldn't believe anything he read in the newspaper, but for some reason, if it came from quote-unquote the internet, it was like gold. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, because okay. that's where you find the real truth. I mean, this is not what the man wants us to hear. No, but I think on one level, there. okay, there's, to me, and, he, and let me just break this down for you, because I've thought about this for 42 seconds right now, um, and I, so therefore I have an <laughs> expert opinion. Of course. Um, there's three levels of conspiracy theorists, okay? Mm-hmm. There's the people who are just nuts. Mm. And they just find something to latch onto right. that lets them express their insanity. Okay? There's the people that really, really, really believe in something very passionately. Mm-hmm. And they want other people to hear their opinion and hear their thoughts and hear their, uh, you know, their theory. Yeah. 
And it's not something where they're actually nuts. They just really believe in something very passionately. Right. And then there's the people that are just plain cynical. Uh-huh. And they just go, you know what? Fuck the world. I don't care. I'm going to believe in this just because, just because everybody else doesn't. Honestly, I think to a certain extent, many conspiracy theories have entered the mainstream. Where I think if you went out and polled, you know, mom, pa, American, uh, probably six or seven out of ten would go, yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald probably didn't shoot uh, JFK alone. Sure. Now, there are certain, there are certain quote-unquote conspiracy theories that are more plausible than others. Right. Okay. The, the JFK one, uh, you know... I have a real hard time thinking that the sort of simple explanation is is that J- Lee Harvey Oswald was just this nutball who uh, shot the president, whatever. I personally, even though I'm like so far removed from a conspiracy theorist, right. I sort of have a hard time swallowing that. Yeah. You know. Well, by, but that's what I mean, is that to a certain extent, some of these conspiracy theories have gained weight sure. in, the, in, the, in society. Others, not so much because they're further out right sure but my point is is that the conspiracy theorists you can put into these sort of three maybe four groups four group the fourth group maybe somebody like me mm. who for the i think that i sort of subscribe more to the occam's razor type yeah. of theory uh-huh. where the simplest explanation is probably the most likely mm. for all you people who don't know what occam's razor is you fucking retards <laughs> um Wow, I'm getting like really sort of. You're getting aggressive. Hey, hey, come on, I'll fight you. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'll fight you through the interwebs. <laughs> you don't fuck with Jesus. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, fuck you on Wednesday. I'll, I'll fuck, fuck you, you on, on Saturday, Saturday too. <laughs> I think we need to call a halt to this podcast. I right think now. we do too. This is getting way serious, but I actually like to have the serious conversation. I tagged this podcast as comedy. We're, we're very lacking in the comedy at this point. Well, you know, first half comedy, second half... We, sure. Naturally, we're talking about documentaries. We're okay, going to get yeah, a little yeah. more serious. Okay, so we'll, we'll cut that off for, uh, for now. But, I mean, I think that just to, just to close out my, my you know, opinion about the whole thing is that there is nothing... I don't think that everything is... I've always said this. Nothing is ever just black and white. There's all these shades of gray about everything. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about relationships or politics or religion or conspiracy theories or what the hell ever. There's always some sort of gray area. Mm -hmm. And I think that people that think, especially on one side or the other, conspiracy theorists or just people that just watch Fox News and believe everything they hear. (laughs) Hey, I watch Fox News. Well, you know what I mean. (laughs) I'm using that as an example. But there's no... both sides are deluding themselves a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course. Sure. So People naturally want to hear things that reinforce their own world. Sure. Or... Yeah, exactly. Anyway, moving on to more movie news. The uh, trailer for Twilight Saga oh. Eclipse came out. Oy. And I watched it. I've, I've, I've only seen the first movie. Um, and I've not read the books uh, past the second one. But uh, they're not bad books, by the way. But no. seriously, I'm gonna punch you in the face. Oh, shut up! <laughs> if you're, if they're, if they're very similar to the Harry Potters. They're kind of addictive. But anyway, which I've never read either. Well, you're missing out. But anyway, so this trailer though, I wanted to mention that they've kind of figured out their formula. 
after the after the last one was so big and so big for one reason. Because um, the guys take their shirts off. Well, the one guy. Um, so in this one, I, I bet he's not in the movie that much. The Taylor Lautner, but they make a very good point of uh, in the in the uh, trailer of of putting probably half of his scenes in the trailer <laughs> and showing him without his shirt on. Just to bring the little kitties back to the oh, back to the theater. Christ in a <laughs> fucking wheelchair. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? Honestly, okay. Yes, I admitted on a previous podcast that I actually went to see uh, the second Twilight movie New on Moon. New Moon on. It was either opening night or the second night it was out. Who are you? Oh, good lord. Um, yeah, there was a good reason though. What? Um, <laughs> was it aforementioned? It may have been off the air. <laughs> no. no, it was on the air. Wasn't it? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, but anyway, like, the, uh, I can't even talk. The first movie was so badly made that I could almost not get past the fact of how badly it was made. Yeah. Badly directed, badly shot, whatever. The second movie was much better in the technical aspects of it, right? But it was it was something the the, the actual storyline and the whatever I couldn't care less to be honest with you. Mm. I'm like sitting there going, okay, I can see how if you were into it, mm. like you could say, okay, you know, I want to see what happens, I want to see the whatever, right? But like I wasn't into it, and it was <laughs> nothing against people that like Twilight. Fine, why like Twilight? I don't care. I like Hudson Hawk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we named our fucking podcast after a fucking Bruce Willis movie that had Danny Aiello and fucking Andy McDowell. So. And it was one of the most infamously bad movies in yeah, right. history. But no, so if you like Twilight, fine. I have no problem with that. But the <laughs> my thing is, I couldn't get into it. Yeah. It's like a soap opera. It is. And I couldn't get into it. And believe me, there are movies and or TV shows that have been... Somewhat like soap operas that I have gotten into. Mm. It's just I couldn't get into that one. But, um, you know, the thing was is that looking at it from sort of a technical standpoint, I guess you could say. Well, they got a more professional director. Sure, sure. The first one was just awful. Yeah, Catherine Hardwick was infamously nearly fired from the movie. Yeah, and, and the second one was much better technically, but I just couldn't get into it. So it's like, fine. I'm not going to sit there and just rip it for just for the sake of ripping it. <laughs> really. I mean, uh, and I know there's a lot of people that are real big fans of it, and that's fine. You know, I'm, fan, I'm a fan of horrible movies. But at the <laughs> same time, it's like I just couldn't get into it. Well, okay. So the fact that it's so huge, it's, in a way, it sort of boggles my mind. It's almost like people read the books and liked the books so much, which I've also heard from people who've read the books, right. that they're really not that well written. They're not. It's just an involving story. There you go. So it's like, it's almost like, well, what is there? Mm. You know, it's like people like the story. They it's don't... the romanticism. Uh, I mean, I have, I, get I have lots of friends who are girls who are swooning over these stories. And I read them and I'm like, yeah, it's okay. And for some reason, you know, it's, I think I talked to one of my friends, and she was like, I just can't help. Oh, Edward's so dreamy. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, I, mean, okay. I get it. I mean, I get that. You know, girls want... Here's the thing. It, and this is sort of a... Sensitive guys who could, you know, punch another guy's head off. And that's Edward. 
Yeah, but that's not anybody in real life ever. I mean, okay. This is women we're talking about. Who are completely and totally insane. Barring our listeners, of course. Any woman that's listening to this, you're accepted. (laughs) Anyway, so I think that's got to be our closer this evening. Yes. um, Let's see. Okay. Salient points. Uh, People jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge is kind of weird. Uh, people that listen or uh, people that watch Twilight are insane, except for our listeners. Um, uh, Pineapple Express, you don't have to be stoned to think it's funny. Uh, the Oscars pretty much sucked. Anything else? 21 was middling. Okay. Um, write us an email at canyoufbi at gmail.com because honestly, uh, my. My dad asked me what kind of feedback we get, and I went off on this like 15 minute rant about how nobody fucking emails us. And Jesus dad, Christ, put us on your forward list. Send us that weird shit you get at work. Literally, my dad at this point is pretty much stuck in the era where there was only AM radio. And he <laughs> still asked me if we get feedback, and I said no. And he's <laughs> like, that's bullshit. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> so well let's not get pissy let's no get we're pissy. gonna get Send angry well, this is gonna be the goddamn anger cast you can find us on iTunes you can find us at podcast machine if you really want to go looking uh, can you FBI at gmail.com again and uh, we love you and you know what if you want us to print you up a t-shirt and send it to you uh, honestly I will do that I will pay for it out of my own pocket if you would wear a t-shirt that, that said, said can, can you, you fucking believe it can you F star star uh, King right, because when you search for iTunes, that's what it does. Exactly. So I literally, I'm not kidding either. I will pay for it out of my own pocket for you to have wear that T-shirt. And you, as long as you, you only have, have to pay shipping and handling for this prize. <laughs> no, I will pay shipping and handling. I don't care as long as it has a website on it. I literally will do that. And there are about three or four people that I'm thinking of out there, and I think you know who you who you are that will listen to this and might actually take me out. <laughs> All right. All we right. hope you do. We need the publicity, people. Uh, okay, so now we don't have our famous guest star from last week, which I kind of wish that we did in a way because that was awesome. But, Phil, take us out, buddy. Thank you for listening, and please listen to us again next week. Oh, come on. No, no, no. We got to set that over. We got to set that over. I'll do it again. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>